<laughs> seen that tweet? That's the picture of all the people. It's like all these white gays and like one woman. Yes. But there are like 40 people and they're like private island. Like we all got tested. Negative. Please wear a mask. It's it's like don't. <laughs> I just don't know. Like even if you're going to do it, like why did you post the picture? Because people are addicted. Okay. People are addicted to social media. And right. is it real if I didn't document it? No. Oh, reassuring. Very good. Welcome back to We Love That. I'm Kenya. I'm Jerome. And today we are here to talk about the queen. Yes, that is right. We are talking about all things Beyonce. Break out the syllabus, open up a notebook, because we're here to teach a chorus today. Sing. I'm I'm really here today with the energy and with positivities. Ooh, galore. and electricity. Electricity. Have you ever seen Billy Elliot? <laughs> no, no, no. I thought you were giving me the schoolhouse rock electricity. That's Girl, hot. I told you, you. I only know the legal schoolhouse. It's rock. hot. It's like in conjunction, junction. It's giving you this like trying to be jazz but not jazz mm-hmm. thing. Electricity, electricity. Oh, so we're electricity. <laughs> it's like Vib horns oh, down. house down. Yeah, it's good. Um, how are you doing today, Why, Jerome? What makes that not jazz? You because it's trying to be jazz. Well, because it's just it's a little bit hokey pokey, and you turn yourself around. <laughs> That's what it's all about. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm okay. It continues to be September, which is shocking. <laughs> I wanted it to be like, you know, we dip our toe in and it's like, no, thank you. <laughs> Going back to August. What is this, a pool party? <laughs> <laughs> not anymore. Summer's over. Wow. It's not over here, okay? Um, and this might as well be my moment for the world. Everyone in where I live in California, the heat is hot. It's over 100 degrees. We are in a heat wave. And the air is actually toxic. So even if you thought you were going to go outside, bad idea. For many that is reasons. Awful. It's been like cuckoo hot. <laughs> <laughs> Not cuckoo hot. It ha- what temperature is it outside where you are right like now? Like right now, it's like 106 or something ridiculous. Oh, we're at a balmy 81 here in Washington, uh, D.C. That's excuse me, it's actually you. 108. That's horrible. <laughs> That's horrible. Yeah. But, you know, heat is good. Heat is better than the Not cold. Not this much. <laughs> but I would much rather this than, like, a, you know, a zero-degree 
a 10 you degree. are the friggin advertising agency for global warming don't <laughs> You're like heat is cool how dare you it's even a put hip that to on be me. a square and we love how hot it is outside <laughs> You're like, yeah, everybody, we actually think it's great. You're like the plant. <laughs> like You've been planted in the audience to be like, <laughs> I actually think it's really cool how hot it is. You're you've caught me. Big oil money. <laughs> wow. If only, not if only I had money. That's not what I meant to say. <laughs> <laughs> Which brings us right to our first sponsor of today's episode, Exxon Mobil. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Anywho, that's the world. Well, well, I've been having my own hot experience, which is that <laughs> I recently found these flaming hot dill pickle Lay's chips. Give the people a crinkle. And Just a little crinkle in the mic. Oh my God. <laughs> ASMR. We're finally doing our ASMR episode. Brilliant. I found these dill pickle flaming hot Lay's Potato chips. Chips, chips. I'm gonna chip. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna give the bag a crinkle. <laughs> I can't breathe. <laughs> Tommy, you know how to edit that, right? You got that? Okay. But I'm serious, sir. So anyone who knows me knows that I love dill pickle chips. Because it's like salt and vinegar chips, but well seasoned. That's how I would describe it. Like, and we love salt and vinegar, but it, you know, can't just add salt and vinegar to something. Let's just say that. <laughs> so it's like well balanced, but now they're like spicy as hell. <laughs> Work. I love them. So the, the are you like the a day? hot pickle queen? Oh yes. Well, not hot pickle, but hot. Well, we've already talked. You about You like that. hot? I love. I love spice. I love heat. I love a good capsaicin moment in the mouth. Work. Because <laughs> um, then it's like, it's like you're eating, but it's also like you're having a, another body experience. It's just a more layered. <laughs> that being pain. <laughs> pain in the mouth. <laughs> Not really pain. It's, it's <laughs> Not. <laughs> look, it's, it's, um. Increased I awareness. Kenny, I do think it technically is pain. <laughs> I think biologically it is pain that you're feeling. That's capsaicin. Well, someone please, Tommy, go ahead and fact check that one. Okay. I am not the biology queen. Um, oh man, I'm really excited for this. Actually, this is going to be good. I am fun. too. This is actually a very good, important episode. Um, recently. I mean, we all know the day. We revere the day because we worship the doll. <laughs> um, recently, it was last week. It was Beyonce's birthday, nine four eight one. Mm. Let's just say that. Um, and if you know me, you know that I am a scholar of Beyonce, Giselle Knowles, Carter. There's actually no one who who knows more <laughs> what are your qualifications can you take us through your cv um i'm not gonna grab it off the bookshelf but i am right now looking at my physical copy of four wow. i have a physical cd of four i think that that's all you need to know <laughs> giving you that target 
deluxe exclusive version. Girl, yes, that is literally what I got back in 2011. Um, wow. and I mean, there's so much to say, but let's start with let's start by playing a game. Mm. Um, this is one of those little, you know, on Instagram, it was briefly a thing where you would have like a little bracket for an artist and you would put, you know, this song over this song and you'd come up, you'd end up with a winner. So I am now, Kenyon, we're going to rapid fire. Cause we're later going to talk about, we're going to talk through her whole career. Right. Um, but I'm... I'm, we're gonna rapid. You're gonna rapid fire. Make these choices okay. through all these songs, um, and it starts with a really tough one, which is Freakum Dress versus Countdown. Oh my gosh! Um, how much? Do, 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 do I have a timer element no. to this? Rapid fire. Okay. Rapid. Um, Freakum Dress. Okay. Sweet Dreams versus Deja Vu. Deja Vu. Baby Boy or Check on It. Check on it. Dangerously in Love or Heaven? Dangerously in Love. Spirit or XO? Oh. Oh, XO? Of course, XO. Um, upgrade you versus Partition. Partition. <laughs> Don't Hurt Yourself or Flawless? Flawless. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> Rude. I'm not giving any commentary. Um, Diva, Run the World. Run the World. Okay, Listen, I Was Here. I was here. Love drought, me, myself, and I. Me, myself, and I. Yeah. Brokenhearted girl, resentment. Resentment. Blue, brown skin girl. Oh, blue. That's rude. I know, that is really That's rude, rude to put those against <laughs> each other. Um, mine, best thing I never had. Best thing I never had. Wow. Uh, kitty cat, hold up. Oh, that's not even fair. Kitty cat. <laughs> uh, part, no. If you thought that wasn't fair, party crazy in love. <laughs> oh. oh my gosh. It's got to be crazy in love, but this is so rude. Ego, school in life. <laughs> school in life, because that's personal. That's, that's personal. <laughs> Get me bodied, freedom. Get me bodied. End of time, single ladies. In, end of time. One plus one, all night. All night. Rocket, smash into you. Rocket. Pretty hurts, irreplaceable. 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, bigger formation. <sighs> um, <laughs> formation. Seven uh, Eleven, dance for you. 7-Eleven. Beautiful liar, naughty girl. Naughty girl. Sandcastles, if I were a boy. If I were a boy. I really have to disagree with what? you on that one. No! If I were a boy sucks. We're moving on. Uh, haunted, <laughs> I care. <laughs> I care. I mean, there's just uh, no way. Six inch, jealous. Jealous, actually. Halo, I can't take no more. Halo. Drunken love, green light. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Drunken love. This is. I mean, can I just need a break? I just need a breather for a second. There are three more until we're done with the okay, first okay, round. Okay, 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 okay. Sorry, radio. 
Um, um, uh, uh, sorry. Daddy Lessons, Worldwide Woman. Honestly, Daddy Lessons. Daddy Lessons is the T. Uh, love on top, work it out. Love on top. Work. Okay. Wow. That's the first round. Ooh. Just doing that, I, iconic. There's just. <laughs> just to hear the titles. <laughs> well, but have to put them up against each other and be like, so the same person who did this also did this. It's unfair, actually. <laughs> it's actually unfair. Okay, to give you a break, and to give you a break between each of the rounds, we're gonna do. We're gonna discuss Beyonce's career, and then we'll cut back to the next round. We can do a little more discussion. It doesn't have to be so rapid fire. It'll be very cool and nice and good. Beauty. Um, the way that we, that I, as a Beyonce scholar, <laughs> <laughs> um. I'm. We were talking about this yesterday. We're going to split her career up into four eras, which makes sense because Beyonce famously loves the number four. Um, she was born on the 4th, September 4th. Jay-Z, I think, was born on like June 4th or something. They were married on April 4th, which is 4-4. Um, she just has a lot. I think her mother, Tina, was also born on the 4th of some month. She just has a lot of like... Resonance with the number four. The knowledge that you're really giving right now. (laughs) I know. I'm telling you, I know everything. Um, And so her first daughter, Blue Ivy Carter, Ivy, IV is the Roman numerals for the number four. Bet you didn't know that. It's thorough. It's It's a a theme of her work, really. It's Henry David Thoreau. (laughs) Um, Get away from me. So I, we're, we're splitting this up into four eras. The first era is like, is from birth <laughs> through the end of her album B-Day. Which is a big, that's a big chunk of time. And that's encompasses certainly a lot of time. Like all of Destiny's Child. It does. Um, and we'll talk about the other eras as we get to them. Okay, first era is from the beginning of her life, 1981, to... B-Day. The first thing that I really want to like, I think that there's like, and maybe this is like a generational thing, but I feel like, you know, people my age in particular who kind of like came up as Beyonce was becoming more pop. Like, I feel like as I was being more aware of like pop culture and like having artists that I listened to and as I started to like buy my own music, whatever, like so too was Beyonce's like solo career really like blowing up. Um, But I think that there's like, really what I'm trying to say is that when you think about like the beginning of Destiny's Child, like she, like she was born in 1981. Like she was under 20, like for most of Destiny's Child for like, you know, say my name and, uh, uh, Bills, 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 and Independent, like, all this stuff that, like, we think of as the iconic, formative Beyonce in Destiny's Child's music. That wasn't her as, like, you know, we think of Beyonce now as, like, established pop star. She, at the time, was, like, a child. (laughs) She's older than the two of us are now. And, I mean, that's, I mean, even before Destiny's Child, you've got Girls' Time. (laughs) 
Um, and it, I really the like hip the hop and girls time. Thank you. The child performance aspect of it reminds me of, I mean, the last person we did a deep dive on was Michael Jackson. Um, yeah. And like the, the similarities there of like, you're young and you are on a stage in front of a camera singing, dancing, wearing, moving, grooving. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah. It's honestly like, think about Michael Jackson, think about like Stevie wonder, think about like, you know, that Motown era of like stardom young, like grab the, like the small children who can sing and dance and are entertaining. Um, and like, obviously that continues to this day. We have, you know, but I think it's far more rare that like, I don't know that it, it is a, not to be gross about it or whatever, but like that you pick like a true talent, like someone who isn't just mm-hmm. like, Oh, I'm a kid and I can like sing high cause I'm a kid or whatever. Like we obviously have child stars, but I don't know that like, you know, we're going to be talking about Jojo Siwa in 40 years and that's not to no hate at Jojo Siwa but like you know it is there's something kind of different to it in like a Michael Jackson Stevie Wonder kind of way and I mean as we go through the different eras I'm 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 hoping to find or at least to look for like there I'm sure there are moments where Beyonce could have made other choices and she would not have been you know the star icon kind of you know known the world over person that she is right now um, yeah. And like, what are those, those pivotal moments that like made her not like the child stars that we forget about? Um, and like, how did she, how did she nurture the, the true talent that she clearly does have? Right. So as you said, she starts in girls time, which is like a little like girl group band when she's like a kid, she's a like preteen it's her. Kelly Rowland is also in it. And then other girls who are not like, well, they got cut from the number. Let's just say that. Um, <laughs> and they're like managed by her dad, Matthew Knowles. And that eventually becomes Destiny's Child, which is Beyonce Kelly. Uh, I can never remember these two women's names. And that's really too bad for them. It's yeah. Latoya, Latoya Luckett, I think. Mm-hmm. And then some other person. <laughs> I'm looking it up. <laughs> is it Latoya or Latavia? Because I had a run-in with one of them. Well, which one? Latoya or Latavia? <laughs> I think it was Latavia. Um, no, you're right. It's Latoya and Latavia. Work. So there was Latoya Luckett and there was Latavia Roberson. But what happened with you and Latavia? Did you not hear the story? Girl, that's why I'm asking. Oh my gosh, when Dukes were in Atlanta. Okay, so the acapella group that we <laughs> <laughs> were a part of. Before Jerome burst onto the scene. Burst uh, is right. Um, We were in Atlanta on tour and we went out to this venue to see a drag show. Um, And who would be in the audience but one Miss Latavia. Um, (laughs) And let me tell you, the the queens who were hosting that night really gave it to her. Talking about some irrelevant cut from the number, former Destiny's Oh, like they were laying in. Like came <laughs> with knives out, That's not so the movie weird. version. <laughs> um, and she, I mean, Latavia let them have it right back. Let that be known. Work, work. Um, so they're in Destiny's Child, and then, uh, I mean, the thing that 
they must have known at the time, and like they have talked about this in the past, is that Destiny's Child was managed by Beyonce's father, and so he kind of always was like, so there's one star, yeah, <laughs> and this is working for now, but there's you know there we're we're in it for one person, um, that being Beyonce. Um, at some point, Latoya and Latavia get cut from the number. And then it's Michelle. There's like a f- another girl who's in it briefly, um, but it, then it becomes you know Kelly, Michelle, Beyonce, um, and we love Destiny's Child. We're not really here to talk about Destiny's Child. We're here to talk about Beyonce. <laughs> oh, oh. But what's um, important about this? Like, what do you think is important about that period for her career? Um, I think it's important to remember that at the time it was like this is a girl group, mm-hmm. and it's very you know we talked about this at some point on the podcast, right? That like, there's like, when you think about, you know, one direction that people are always like, Oh, well it's just Harry or it's just Zane or, you know, they pick their favorite and then like, and then when eventually that person like goes out on their own or when people think about NSYNC and they're like, well, obviously Justin Timberlake was always the star of NSYNC. It's like, yeah, like, Certainly, like, you could have seen that solo career coming, but it, at the time, was not, you know, like, it was a girl group. Like, you knew the girl group Destiny's Child before you knew, oh, like, and there's this girl in Destiny's Child, Beyonce, and, like, she's really good. Um, Which is not to say that other girls aren't good, but it's like, you know, you have, it's the origin story. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. As opposed to, like, I don't know, like a Madonna or like a Lady Gaga or a, you know, you can look at other people who like really did have to emerge on their own individually. Um, that just isn't the type of story that this is. It's very, I guess what I'm saying is that it's very easy to, in retrospect, be like, it was always meant to be. It was always going to be this way. Right. But, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. Always. But then she goes on to start her own solo career with her first album, Dangerously in Love, in 2003, and the lead single, Crazy in Love, which I talked about a little a couple of weeks ago. Um, But, I mean... (laughs) I mean, I don't even know what to say! Talk about bursting. Yeah. I mean, we did did already talk about this. Um, We did. But it's, it's just an incredible, like, and that's her first single. Like, that's how she entered. <laughs> she entered with Dangerously in Love. And I think musically, like, I mean, they're... Crazy in Love. That actually is a really interesting musical way of differentiating herself also from Destiny's Child. Destiny's Child is giving you three-part harmony. They're giving you, like, 90s R&B. It's, like, it's not... There are very few, like, this is, like, an up-tempo, like, you know, I'm... Really, really mm-hmm. dancing out songs. Um, not to say that there are not some bops, but they're like, they're giving you like, they're just giving you vibe, I feel. Right. And for her to come on the scene with such a forward, like dance floor ready pop song is yeah definitely a step, I think. Yeah. And then just many of the songs that are on this album, like Endure. And it it is kind of a thing of, like, again, I am, of course, you know, 
like the house down Beyonce fan. So of course I'm going to like know all the little tracks and all the little whatever, but like crazy in love. Some of the songs that we just went through in this first round, right? Crazy in love, baby boy, naughty girl, me, myself and I like these are songs that have lasting power. (laughs) Me, myself and I is so important to me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, after that happens, then we go, you know, Destiny's Child isn't, does not break up. Like there is another Destiny's Child album that comes after. Um, and then after that, that album is Destiny Fulfilled. And then after that album, we get B-Day, which to me kind of is like, like I remember when B-Day came out, my sister had a copy, um, I mean, when we talked about like the Michael Jackson, like like when we talk about Thriller, mm-hmm. and it's like, <laughs> you know, how is this the track list? Like this feels like it's just, you know, a only a, hits, a greatest hits. That is how B Day reads, because I'm going to read you the track list. It's <laughs> deja vu. Get Me Bodied, Sugar Mama, Upgrade You, Ring the Alarm, <laughs> Kitty Cat, Freakum Dress, Green Light, Irreplaceable Resentment, with the bonus track, Listen. What? <laughs> it, it's, you, and you, you used the word already, endure. Like, put any of those songs on at a party right now, instantaneous. Like, yeah. everyone's got the words, everyone's got... There's, I can't even, I don't even know what to say about it. It's just like, you really did that. You really like worked and gave us good pop music, which we're now lacking, honestly. <laughs> You're right. Um, yeah. And so it's just like, the this, at, at this point, I feel this is, this album was in 2006. Um, this to me is like, she's really solidifying like Mm -hmm. i wasn't just like a little breakout star who then like had you know one good album and then faded away because again in retrospect it's like oh she was always destined to be like you know destined she was destiny's child but (laughs) (laughs) i i think that it just you when you look at the work the work supports the this incredible artist and that she is like the vocals are incredible. The dancing is incredible. I mean, it's not breaking new territory to say that Beyonce is multi-talented, <laughs> but like, you know, it it is only there because she has put the work in and like proven the reputation. Like she has the reputation that she has now because she has earned it. <laughs> right. And I mean, not to say that like things are, weren't still moving in that time. Like even her getting more into writing, um, her own stuff. Um, yeah. I think like that is developing and like getting more out in the open at, at that time, like on B day. Yeah. That, and that you start to have tracks that it's not like, you know, okay, there are a lot of people in the room working on the song and then like, you know, Beyonce also like is in the room or is a part of it in some way. And so then like gets on the writing credit, but it's like, you start having songs that are like, 
you know, Beyonce and Pharrell and Jay-Z work on a track together and it's right. just them, you know? Um, and so you can tell that she's like really in the, and then you also like, there's all this old studio footage of her recording all of the different like backing vocals and backing tracks and whatever. Like she is really hands on a part of the music that is being made. Um, that's hard. I feel like to make the transition from being managed by not only, not only like having a manager who is much older than you, but also have that be your father and being a part Mm -hmm. of a group that like is constantly changing members and like has a little scandal in the media, et cetera, to like getting creative control, not just writing credits, but producing credits too, are like all the way up and down B day. Um, I think that's, I think that's a really big move. And also like she's, she's leaving just the area of like, I sing and I dance. Um, Yeah. But she's like, she's like, okay, I'm going to be like writing and producing. I'm like taking on those roles as well. And I think that's really cool and like keeps enabling her creativity. Yeah. I think you're also pointing to, um, she is testing out a lot of things and trying to see what she's good at, which I think is great because Mm. lest we forget this album came out 2006. So she's like 25 at the time. Like again, like let's (laughs) next year, Beyonce will be turning 40. Just like think about all the stuff that she has done in like, you know, it just, it was not always this way. And which I really said, like I sound kind of like fanatic, whatever, but (laughs) you know, I think that people, it kind of is a cliche to be like, oh yeah, like, well, Beyonce is the queen, queen B. Oh, everybody loves Beyonce, whatever. And so it can, it's easy to think like, oh, well, she's overrated or whatever. Mm. But like, again, she just has like put in the work. I wanted to also say that she, you know, Listen is a bonus track on this album. She was trying to act as well. Um, And people do, (laughs) kind of shit on Beyonce because she's not, you know, the greatest actress or hasn't always done the greatest in every movie that she's been in, whatever. But I think, first of all, like, again, like I just said, like, she's trying things out. Um, Right. She is trying to act, which is honestly giving me, like, Whitney Houston tease. Like, maybe this is a track that she could go down, like, being in a movie and singing on it and, like, having her own music and also being an actor. Like, you know, that's a thing that has certainly worked for some people before. Well, I think that definitely if you're looking for direct parallels, like her like movie crossover didn't work maybe as well as one might have hoped. You know, it was not a, a the bodyguard moment. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, I feel like that might be a sort of precursor to like the visual albums we get later and yeah. like, work in films like on Lion King and stuff that we get much, much later. But like, being yeah. able to, I'm trying to like be inside her mind and like as I'm figuring out like what am I good at like you're saying like you do take pit, bits and pieces and you keep the stuff that works and you ditch the stuff that doesn't. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. Um, so that's first era. So are you ready for the second round of the bracket? Oh, okay. Freakum dress or deja vu? Deja vu. Check on it. Dangerously in love. Check on it. XO or partition? XO. Flawless, run the world. Flawless. I was here, me, myself, and I. Me, myself, and I. Resentment, blue. 
Oh. Resentment, actually. Best thing I never had, kitty cat. Kitty cat. Crazy in love, school in life. <laughs> you did this to hurt me. <laughs> 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 I, it's crazy in love, but school in life really mm-hmm. should, should have know, gotten far. I know, I know, I know. Get me bodied, end of time. <laughs> Get me bodied. All night, rocket. Rocket. Irreplaceable formation. Um, irreplaceable. That's an instant classic. So is formation. <laughs> uh, 7-Eleven, Naughty Girl. 7-Eleven. If I were a boy, I can't believe that that got best. <laughs> How dare you? I care. I care. <laughs> uh, jealous Halo. Oh. Uh, neither, both, Halo. Wow. <laughs> um, Drunken Love, Sorry. Sorry. Daddy Lessons, Love on Top. Love on Top. Okay. Oh. It's tough. I know, I know. Okay, let's get into our second era. Okay. Era number two. So this is from I Am Sasha Fierce. So this is from right after Dream Dreamgirls comes out in 2007. So this is right after Dreamgirls, I Am Sasha Fierce with the lead single, Single Ladies. Uh through to like four and the tour, the Mrs. Carter world tour, which was after four, which is like 20, this is from like 20, uh, 2007, 2008 to like 2012, 2013. Yeah. Um, I think that I am Sasha fears. Here's the thing that you need to know is like, this is when it's like, she's a pop star. Absolutely. She's a pop star, and she's here to let everyone know. Oh, I'm so sorry. Single Ladies wasn't the lead single. If I Were a Boy was the lead single, which I think is a good transition into me talking about If I Were a Boy. (laughs) It's good. It's just a little too on the nose. That's all I have to say. (laughs) (laughs) For some reason, it really, really spoke to me. How (laughs) how and why? I was not the primary audience. I would agree. You best believe... I was up in my little room doing my little homework talking about it's living, crying. I think think we also have to do a shout out to like the phase in which like if you had a really good hit song that you also recorded a Spanish version of it. Um, Of course... Si fuera un chico. <laughs> I don't think that's funny. It's like, why did we do that? I mean, obviously, like, to for it to be accessible to people in, in Spanish who speak Spanish. Right. But also, like, it's just a, it's something that, like, people were only did for a brief moment, and then they were like, it's okay. <laughs> I don't know. It's just very funny. <laughs> I feel like English speakers are the only, like, uh, English, America, we talked about this last week with BTS, like, English speakers in America are the only ones who are like, I can't listen to music, that isn't the language that I speak, right. which is English, because of imperialism. Truly. Um, anyway, I'm Sasha Fierce. I mean, we get single ladies, we get Halo, we get Sweet Dreams, we get... Uh, Ego, like if I were a boy, diva, like these are like 
you know, mainstream uh, hits. Right. I mean, off of I Am, give me like, what's your, what's your just your favorite, your personal fave? Off of the whole thing? Yeah. Um, my personal, well, it's weird because that, you know, you have your own little secret favorites. Like I love video phone with Beyonce. I mean, with, um, (laughs) Lady Gaga. Um, I love, why don't you love me is like a really great one. Um, broken hearted girl is like a B side that I really like, but I mean, the truth is the truth. And I have to say single ladies, like single ladies is so good. Um, and it's one of those things that I think like, you know, it's really popular. And so we just take it for what it is, but like, there's some weird sound, like it's not like a straight away pop song. That's what right. I mean. It's not like a, a pop song as we are used to what we would expect out of a pop song. And I think that that's really great. I think the even the, um, even the the lyrical content is like i mean we've certainly heard songs before this that are like you know if you liked me then you should have like it's too late like right, irreplaceable right. is that song you know like right. we've heard kind of that theme many times before but there's something specific about like it it almost feels like a song that is like that is supposed to be like, I don't know. If you would listen to it and not listen to the lyrics, it kind of feels like I'm dancing, I'm having fun, like I am living my best life. But the fact that the lyric has this specific tinge of like, you could have had me and look at what you're missing out on now. I think there's something about it that Mm. is like pretty unique, a unique stab at the material. I feel it in its its completeness. I mean, it wasn't, I don't feel like I can separate single ladies from also the dance and the music video that took exactly. the world by literal storm. Famously, Beyonce had the best video of all time. Um, <laughs> I would attribute that to its original <laughs> speaker, but he was right. I mean, he was right. <laughs> I think it, it was a really coherent, it was like a coherent and cohesive musical, artistic, like vision. Not to be mm-hmm. all abstract about it, but it, but yeah, there are like some disparate sounds that she's pulling on the like classic kind of you know you missed out, but with the her spin on it, um, meeting this like amazing, really powerful, very forceful dance. I think that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, what would you say is your favorite off this album? <sighs> ooh, 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 ooh. Um. I have a I have a soft spot for ego. Work. It's fun. It's fun. Right. Oh my god, I'm looking it's scared of lonely is a great track. Satellites is like this is probably the most B-side heavy track. I would say either this or four, which we're about to talk about in a second. Mm. Are like uh and the first one, Dangerously in Love. But like <laughs> there just are kind of a lot of songs in here that like a lot of people don't know. And we'll talk later about how, like, that kind of doesn't happen anymore. Like, Mm. (laughs) Beyonce doesn't have, I mean, obviously to, like, the average listener, we'll talk about it later. Anyway, um, (laughs) talk about ego, please. (laughs) It's amazing. It's giving you what has, I think, also turned into kind of a signature 
sort of tone for her, but the like, yeah, I'm, I'm everything. Like I am actually very good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm good. And, and that kind of like a little bit of a braggadocious, but like really it boils down to like positive self-affirmation, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that. I just love it in ego. It's got this like kind of throwback sound to it. Um, yeah. And, and it's so simple. And usually I'm, I'm the person who gets really sidetracked and goes for the, for the complexities, <laughs> but there's something they like, they nailed the track perfectly. And it's like, yeah, I'll listen to these same four bars over and over because they're really, <laughs> really good. Yeah, I agree. Um, okay. After I am Sasha fears, you know, she wins, some Grammys. This is the album for which she set the record for the most wins by a female artist in one night at the Grammys with six. Um, and she is going on tour. She's everywhere, whatever. But then mm. she kind of like leaves. She kind of disappears for a second. And like that's kind of the narrative of what happened, which I think is very funny because it's like if our if our boy I am Sasha Fierce came out in two thousand eight, the next album four comes out in two thousand eleven. So it's like that's not actually a <laughs> that's mm-hmm. not actually like a hiatus. Like there were three years between the first album and the second album, two years between the second and the third, so another three years between the third and the fourth. Um but she, there was, the, I just remember there being this narrative of like, okay, Beyonce has like gone away and she's working on something and she's like touring the world and she's, you know, she just got married to Jay-Z and like they're, you know, they've kind of gone away. And it is between these two that I think I go from like, oh yeah, Beyonce is a pop star and I am aware of pop culture, whatever, to like, I am a Beyonce stan. Um that because really when goes go sorry go for it just when she comes she came back with run the world and was like i have a new album coming out and i'm back and i am on my shit and like here we are let's go like she really comes back and is is here <laughs> that really tracks for me with the like the creative kind of arc that i see because sasha fierce we all know that is an alias it's uh an alter ego mm-hmm. um that was instrumental for her in like getting that album out into the world, doing all those amazing sold out tours. Um, yeah. And like, and, and the, the tone, you know, the, the grayscale black and white of Sasha mm-hmm. fierce that like was everywhere in the videos um, and on, on the tours. Um, I feel like goes with that, like that creative alias she was using. And yeah. I forget the interview that I saw this in, but she talks about the death of Sasha fierce. Wow. Say and more. It's it's really cool to hear her talk about like how she invented this person and the point at which she no longer needed her. And then for wow. that to be also like what you hear in the crossover of her like, I'm a pop star, yeah, for sure, to becoming like a real, a a deeply thoughtful and iconic, like creative person who like once we get into four, we get into I mean, we, we, she goes hard into entrepreneurship and fashion yeah. and the visuals come next. Like for that to be such a, a personal kind of creative thing, like she got married in between there. There was a change personally for her. Um, yeah. 
And I think it shows up in the work. I agree. Um, this is also just in that same theme. This is when it's between I am Sasha Fierce and four, when she is no longer managed by her father. Big. So it's like really stepping into herself and stepping into her own. Um, now the true Beyonce stands will know. Mm-hmm. Like anyone who is like, Oh, I love, love, love Beyonce. They will say that four is their favorite album. Um, because it, yeah, I don't know what it, it, we're speaking about it. It's like, there's something about when four came out again. Like I didn't like, I wasn't like, Oh, I'm a Beyonce Stan, but four was the first physical CD that I purchased. I was like, I have to have it because it's Beyonce and she's coming out with her new album. Um, and this to me is the first time that like, there are no B sides because like the diehard fans love every track. <laughs> yes. Um, and you, you know, I care in the bracket has gotten this far. Like I care is a great example of that. Um, start over is a great example of that. Um, end of time is a great example. Like these are songs that like didn't get videos, but it's like everyone loved every track on the album or like the people who, you know, really follow are like in love with every track on the album. Um, this is when she went on the Mrs. Carter World World Tour show. This is when she did Love on Top and announced that she was pregnant at the VMAs. It's like she's giving us iconography. Right. <laughs> um, and and the tracks also are like giving you giving you full power and perspective. Like mm -hmm. I'm I'm thinking of I'm thinking of Run the world, like yeah, it's it's she's gone through a personal moment and has come out the other side. Sans Sasha Fierce, and also mm -hmm. is like starting to talk about like other stuff in the world. You know, like yeah, the music isn't isn't just like this is a pop amazing song like the stuff off of V Day <laughs> or Dangerously Dangerously in Love, um, and it's not even so much stuff like Run the World. Um, is like it's not even only about herself. It's like about social consciousness. Yeah, which like there's a really a global. Speaks. Yeah, there's a global facing element to it. Right, um, and we get to see that then later on in her work. In I mean, in the next day, Ruz. Okay, so before we get there, back to our bracket. Okay, so this is going to give us our elite eight. Woo! Deja vu. Check on it. Okay, can we start? Can we can can I can I savor these for just a little bit as they pass by? <laughs> um, no, no, I'm not going to okay. let you because it's going to take too long. When we get to the eight, then we can start to really you're right, talk. You're right, you're right. <laughs> okay, deja vu. Check on it. Um, deja vu. Okay. EXO uh, flawless. EXO. Me myself and I resentment. Me myself and I. Kitty cat, crazy in love. <laughs> crazy in love. Get me bodied, rocket. Get me bodied. Oh, yeah. Irreplaceable, 7-Eleven. That's just not even right. It's just <laughs> not even, it's ungodly. Um, irreplaceable. I care, Halo. 
actually I care. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, love on top. Sorry. Wow. Yeah. That's actually really surprising to me. Um, okay, well, I, I lied. I'm going to talk about a few of these. <laughs> oh, so you didn't want me to talk about a few of these. I see, I see. Well, only because we didn't talk about Halo. Um, mm. Halo on I Am Sasha Fears. Halo is kind of the song that people are like, is like the pop crossover. Like, if you know a Beyonce song, you know Halo. And I don't like that. <laughs> Not that I don't like Halo. I think it's a perfectly fine song. It iconically gives us burning through my dark is night. But <laughs> she, <laughs> there's just something about it. Like Halo is it. the one that like she ends her tours with. It's like we didn't. We totally skipped the Super Bowl, which happens in it happens post four. Um, <laughs> She and closes the Super Bowl with Halo. Say more. I, that, I I don't watch football. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let that be known throughout the land. But I surely was tuning in that day. Um, Because I knew, I mean, I I knew, like, Beyonce's going to come, and she's going to come with something that is amazing. I was excited. I you know, ran over to my dad on the couch while he's watching. I was like, okay, this is the halftime show now. Like now I'm here. <laughs> I'm actually here now. Um, that was one of those times when you're yelling at the TV. Yeah. Strike that. That was one of those times when I yelled at the TV. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, it was, it was just watching like such excellence in performance. The dance moves, the sets, the costume changes, and then the, like, full circle moment when Destiny's Child, when Kelly and Michelle pop out of those toasters on the side? <laughs> no. I, I mean, you can ask my family. I stood up. Yeah. That was a big moment. That was certainly a big moment. Um, I would say that the biggest moment comes out to be, it kicks off era three, mm. which I, which we're starting at the release of the self-titled visual album, Beyonce, um, through kind of the Lemonade era. Um, this, cha- I mean, she changed the game. Deeply. She changed the game. And for anyone who, like, just to put it fully in context, this is December 2013, um, December 13th, 2013, and Beyonce, Friday the 13th, woo, and Beyonce releases this album, no promo. I mean, people knew, it was like, yeah, it's like about time that she's going to be releasing something new, but like, no promo, no single, no, like, just releasing an album where every track has its own video. This is the visual album. Um, She released it on a Friday. At the time, music kind of came out on Tuesdays, kind of came out, like, the, the release of this album on a Friday, like, made Friday the day that on which you release music, which is now a lot more standardized than like it was before then. It kind of was like Tuesday or Wednesday or Saturday or Friday, you know, mm. um, there is a lyric in feeling myself for song with Nicki Minaj, 
where she says, change the game with that digital drop, know where you was when that digital popped. Like, that is true. Like, it, it instantly was like, everyone was talking about this. I mean, me going to my all-boys Catholic high school, LOL. The eh, that's what everyone was talking about. You come, yeah. like, that day it was like, did, but did you hear Beyonce dropped a new album? <laughs> like, did you know? Yeah. Okay, this day, I actually, this was the one day, you know, I never sleep. But this was the one day, Thursday night, I was like, I'm going to go to sleep early. Like, I finished my homework, whatever. It's the, I think, the only time in high school that I ever went to bed before midnight. And so I get up the next day. I'm not really looking at my phone or, like, looking at Twitter or whatever. And I wa- I'm walking down the hall, and my friend Shannon is walking that direction. We both have to go to class. But Shannon is like, did you hear? Did you see? <laughs> did you see? <laughs> yeah, I dropped it out. And I'm like, what? What are you, what? Because I think she's joking. It's She's like, Beyonce dropped a surprise album. It's a whole album. Drake is on it. Frank Ocean is on it. Jay-Z is on it. Like, it's a surprise album. It's a whole album. And each song has a video. And I'm like, what on earth are you talking about? And that changed my life. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it changed everybody's um, life. This was a premonition. Right. Like, the yes. idea of digital drops that yeah. now occur so frequently, where it's just mm-hmm. like, actually, I have, some new, I have some new music. The idea of not leading You're with so right. singles and just being like, here's a body of work. Like, let me, let me give that to you all right now. Like, there's no lead up. There's no tail off. Right. Um, that's, like, that is just now what people do. The, I mean... I think it was a, an amazing creative move. I think it was a smart business move. I think it was like, I also think it worked with the contents of the album. Yeah, I, I definitely want to like, it, I totally agree that, you know, in a world that was becoming so much less dependent on like selling physical copies, that it was like, okay, well, we're not going to, care about like we're, we just aren't going to put all this effort into like making sure that people go you know go to target and get the physical copy um like if it's going to be digital like let's really make it a full digital experience and so they were like we're if it's going to be digital like we can put a visual on it because it's not a cd like we can just have the visual element to it right um then i think you're totally right that the um the content shift is reflected in that as well. It becomes a lot more like salacious and sexy and talking about sex in a way that is not just like, you know, you could think about like diva or ego or single lady as songs that like, you know, she's dancing at like get me bodied. She's like dancing and is like, certainly there is a sexual element to the dancing, Mm -hmm. but like, the song itself is not as explicitly about sex as like, you know, rocket or uh, partition or blow. You know, these are songs that like are about sex and embracing sexuality as part of this feminist, feminist icon, not icon, as part of this <laughs> feminist mantle that she's trying to take on, right? To try mm-hmm. to embrace that. She has the, you know, the clip from Chumamanda Ngozi Adichie in Flawless. So it, it becomes about, you know, she's juggling all these balls at once and doing it flawlessly. 
Um, it feels like a really, it, it, it was not without its critiques, like this aspect of her work. I mean, mm-hmm. people are always trying to police black women and their bodies and their sexualities. So I guess that should come as no surprise. But of course, you know, people around this time, I, I also w- was viewing and hearing like people were like, okay, I liked her earlier stuff. Why can't she stay there? You know, right. as we kick off this new era, era, she's also like moving out of like, I just make really good pop music. And also like this, I'm letting you into the journey that I'm on. I'm making things yeah. that are real to me and connecting that to the real things I see around. And honestly, I feel like some people just wanted it to remain really easily digestible, which self-titled isn't. Yeah. Yeah. Um totally agree then i also feel like in keeping with this like i mean obviously there wasn't a lead single from this album there are obviously songs that like more people know partition flawless drunken love are like the more popular songs but at the same time i would and this is you know she is not truly universal not everyone knows every <laughs> track on this like 18 track album but it it doesn't feel like there are songs that get like that are b-sides right it doesn't feel like there are songs that like fully get left behind because each of them has been given so much attention there's no there's no track that is like a filler track mm-hmm. right like each and and she expresses that by like making a video for each one she's like there's something that i each of these is a full, complete idea that like exists on its own, and I want to give its own merit and its own moment. And I think in that way, I mean, self-titled is a real response to everyone who's saying that the concept album is dead. Yeah. Like this amazing, groundbreaking, record-shattering album yeah. is a concept album. Like, you can't just pick it apart into singles. And it's constructed in that way on purpose. Right. And again, when you talk to people who know, and honestly, like when you talk to black people, like black people of our age, like, you know, every song on the album. And even if, you know, you don't know every single word, but it's like a song like Jealous or a song like No Angel or a song like Superpower that on another album would have been like, oh yeah, like this is also in the album because we had to make a full album. Like it kind of feels like, oh, it's there because we had to have enough tracks. Um, That goes, like that just is no longer the case. Like you kind of really feel pulled into each track, which honestly like feels reflective of, you know, when we think about B-Day, which where every track was like balls to the wall, like you're going to love every track. Um, it, It... Telegraphs to me that, like, Beyonce is not interested in, like, making a filler thing, you know? Um, And I love that. Um, We move on from this. She then goes on tour, of course, but then we get to the second visual album, which is Lemonade. Um, Lemonade starts with... uh, this one does get its own single, 
which is released independently. And it, that's formation. And I really want to talk about formation because it was out yes, so yes. early in your bracket. Um, but there's something about formation to me. That's like, I, I will to spoil when I did the bracket. And of course I've said this already. I think that I crazy in love wins. It, crazy in love is an incredible song. I do think that there's something about formation that, could not have been done by anyone else, which I don't mean literally, literally, but like it feels, it is one of the songs that she has released that feels so extremely like a Beyonce song. It feels like only Beyonce could have released it in the moment when she released it in 2016, um, closely linked to the Super Bowl, And then like, she's, wearing this like black Panther imagery at the Super Bowl. It just feels so. And then in the video, she's talking about new Orleans and she's talking about like literally state violence against black people. There's that iconic scene in the video when you have like the black child standing up against these, all these white cops. Like there's just so much about it. That is like an embrace of blackness and black culture. Absolutely. That, like, again, is all earned. And I say that to say that, like, the the way that she is still a mainstream artist, you know, that everyone talks about Beyonce, whatever, and is is making music about black people and about her blackness. And, it, like, if Beyonce's first music was like this, then I don't think that she would be able to become as popular as she is now. You know what I mean? Like For she sure. would become like you, you think about these other black artists who just don't get to the mainstream success that Beyonce has. Um, and I think there's a lot of honestly tension there that I, I'll probably talk yeah. about when we get into the, to the fourth era. Um, okay. But th- there's formation. I also singled out in this, time period for her because I feel like it really so much is wrapped in the visual language. Like Beyonce is not just a musician and a performer. She is an, an, a visual artist. Mm -hmm. Um, And like so much of like the thrust of what she's talking about regarding blackness, um, like is bound up in, in what she's wearing at the Super Bowl is bound up in the visuals of the, you know, video that accompany the songs um, off mm-hmm. of Lemonade, especially Formation. Um, and I feel like th- the way you're saying, you know, if she had started off this way, you know, she wouldn't have garnered as much of our mainstream attention. I also think that like, we've gotten to witness the journey of her getting to that place herself, which is why it yeah. feels so earned and so authentic. Um, yeah like the putting together of these pieces and like reaching through like visual language, reaching through uh, fashion um, and, and expanding her artistry as she was doing, like, especially throughout the last era, as we're calling it, like gets us this, this more authentic, not more authentic, but it gets us an authentic expression that is now like really politically relevant and also personally invested. Right. Yeah, I mean, then Formation is Follow, Formation is from Lemonade, which is 
<laughs> I mean, she already elevates the album to the visual album. Not that she's the first visual album to ever whatever, blah, 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 all the caveats. But she elevates the album to the visual album and then elevates the visual album to like now it is I I feel like Lemonade was marketed as like a film, like a music oh, yeah. film. Um like that was a specific language. We sat and watched it together. Yeah. For the first um, time. <laughs> in April of 2016. Oh my god. Boy, oh boy, was that wild. But that it's like now it's like Okay, all and if I think that if you listen to it, it wouldn't quite like there are definitely cues to like, okay, here is a narrative, but like you could listen to it and be like, okay, here are all these different songs. There could be a visual album that was just, you know, I'm making a video an individual video for each song, but like there is so much care in terms of like Exactly like what you said, as I'm introducing it to you, I'm not, you're not just listening to it. You're not just listening to it and watching a video. Like I am putting it in a context and saying something visually, orally, like textually, all of it is coming together at once. And right. like, that is how these things are being given to you. And even if you just want to listen to the song, or you just want to do this, or just want to look at that, like I have delivered it to you all at once. All at once. <laughs> um, and I mean Lemonade is incredible <laughs> We haven't even touched on the topic matter I mean the subject matter Excuse me Like <laughs> For it to be It's it's deeply personal Yeah Yeah um, And to see someone like Work out their like Real personal stuff Through their art in a way that is not just for themselves, but it is actually for everyone. Like the album delivers you into formation in this way yeah. that is like, yes, this is actually is, a, is about a lot more than just Beyonce. Um, yeah. That's, I mean, that's, I think that's a mark of, of really good art. Like, I don't think people talk about that enough. Like the marriage of the personal and the political um, and the communal that like happens in Lemonade is kind of staggering. Absolutely. Um, And you just can tell that she's purposely trying to speak to all those things at once. Right. Um, Yeah. Kenyon, we're at the Elite Eight. I will allow a little bit of time for a discussion of these. (laughs) So you're choosing between first, Deja Vu and Exo. Deja Vu has some really hot vocals at the end. Yeah. I mean, she's singing for um, her life. That, she, like, that are like, really, she's inventing. <laughs> at the end, and I love it. Um, EXO is giving me, though, it's giving you time and space. It's giving, it just like is very mood. It like evokes a mood instantly. for me. Um, and I actually think that that's, that's going to take it for me. It's going to be EXO. Okay. Me, myself, and I, crazy in love. <sighs> Not even fair. Me, myself, and I is, I think, my personal. Just like it's like my personal song from her entire discography mm-hmm. that I'm like, I feel this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Again, I'm not really the audience for that song. All the ladies, if you feel me, <laughs> help me sing it out. Work, um, <laughs> but I love it. That being said, Crazy in Love is unstoppable, so it has to be that. (laughs) Um, Get Me Bodied, Irreplaceable. 
Irreplaceable is a lyrical master work. Yeah. We often talk that about... Is, <laughs> we and Nathan and DW always talk about how the lyrics in it are so funny. Because she just... It, she, it's laid bare. She said, <laughs> go ahead and get gone. Call up that chick and see if she's home. Oops, I bet you Oops. thought that I didn't know. But what'd you think I was putting you out for? Because you wasn't true. Rolling her around in the car that I bought you. Baby, drop them keys. Hurry up for your taxi leaves. Like, that's, that verse can we just <laughs> discuss? That's unbelievable. That is lyricism. <laughs> oh, my gosh. In the real stream of consciousness of it, I was actually getting hints of Mariah Carey. Yes, absolutely. The attitude, though. It's just so... It's all there. It's going to be irreplaceable. Work. Um, um, sorry versus I care. I care is another one where she's singing for her life. You're right. In a way that actually is, is hard to describe because it just sounds, it sounds unbelievably effortless. Um, but that's, it's, it's unbelievable. <laughs> um, and because I didn't go with deja vu before I'm going with, I care now. Wow. That. I care. Makes it to the final four. Okay. Wild. I did not expect I that. I know. Um, and I mean, speaking of I care, that brings me, I think, to our final era, which is the current era we're in, um, which I'm going to say starts at homecoming. There, It's kind of a weird mm. thing because she was supposed to do the uh, – she was supposed to do Coachella in – 2017 um but then she got pregnant so she didn't do it so then she did coachella in 2018 um and everyone of and now coachella's over there'll never be another coachella (laughs) um so everyone was and everyone was you know talking about oh my god beyonce's coachella set was so 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 good but of course most people in the world do not go to coachella um and so it is not until 2019 that we get uh, the Homecoming film on Netflix, which shows us um, her Coachella set. Uh, we also get, in this time, she has the album with Jay-Z, The Carters, that's summer 2018. The only reason why I said, why I used I Care as the transition, and this honestly almost made it into our favorite live performances episode, um, yes. The performance of I Care at Homecoming is just stunning. It's absolutely stunning and amazing. Um, but here's what I in continuing with this idea of like Beyonce repping blackness, black culture, etc., that really feels like it is at the centerpiece of like her work now. Um, mm-hmm. Homecoming is like this love letter to HBCUs and highlighting like HBCU marching band culture. It also highlights all these different styles of music from like Go-Go in DC to like Zydeco in New Orleans to, you know, it incorporates all of these musical styles, all these like, you know, neighborhood musics, these neighborhood genres of music in, (laughs) uh, in America. Um, and like pulls it all together and says like, this is what my performance is. This is what my music is. And this is who my music is for. Um, well not who my music is for, but it's like, here's who I'm trying to center in the music and the work that I create. Right. Right. I think 
okay, wow, I have so many things to say about homecoming. Um, to continue tracing the lines through through her career, I think in homecoming, like you've got someone Beyonce's singing songs that she wrote. She's produces everything. Yeah. And executive produces everything and directs the film. Yeah. Like she's she's she has complete creative control and is like, you know, you know, flashback to her being managed by her father as one of four people in Destiny's Child. And it's like, that's a trajectory. Yeah. How did we get there? Absolutely. Like that one by one, piece by piece, she's been like bringing on these different titles. Um, and the fashion of just watching, just watching Homecoming and like the fashion choices that are made that she makes in order to signal certain messages yeah. to the audience. Like this is complete. This is total art. Yeah. Out here. And it's encompassing um, every exactly what she said. It's encompassing every possible part of it. It's encompassing the the what is the music that is written? How is it performed? Who is on stage? What do we see? What are we reminded of? What are we incorporating? Yeah, all of it. And in that way, it's deeply researched. Yeah. Like you can't just like get up and do that. Yeah. Like y- like to be incorporating the things you're talking about, the different musical styles, the different homecoming elements and aspects, the different like marching band culture, the the people she brings on stage. Like you have to like, you have to get out and know those things. You have to go yeah. do your research. You have to make those connections. You have to employ those people. And she's yeah. doing all of that in the work. It's, it's deeply inspiring. Yeah. Um, then the reason why I say I feel like this is at the center of this current era, because then as we continue on, she was obviously in Lion King. um, And there are a lot of thoughts to be had about Lion King (laughs) as just a Mm -hmm. thing. Um, (laughs) Particularly that like, you know, the Lion King is like this Disney movie that is set in Africa and kind of gets uh, put off as like, Let's just say that the other comparable films that Disney was making at the time had people in them, and Lion King was the one that was set in Africa and it didn't have any people in it. Um, Which is not inherently bad to have a movie about talking animals who sing, whatever. But, like, you know, that there is... (laughs) That Disney renaissance in the 90s is giving you The Little Mermaid and is giving you... Beauty and the Beast and it's giving you Tarzan and it's giving you Mulan and it's giving you like Aladdin and all these different things. Um, there are no black people to be found, but there is this one movie about Africa. Um, and also but just the animals, <laughs> right? Just the animals. And like, they all have these like Swahili names. Um, and it uses this music that is supposed to cue that it is somehow African. And you have Lebo M, who is a South African artist who is credited on much of it, but like not on all of it. Um, I don't know. Very tricky. Um, and so then, of course, Disney is doing its new live action um, which we talked about on this podcast back in the day as having an iconic cast, which I will stand by. Um, but the story as it gets told now is that Beyonce really wanted to like take this story and actually do something that was like actually for black people. Um, 
something that like takes this idea of like, you know, finding the meaning in your ancestors and like feeling like you're a part of a greater lineage and culture and like telling a story that like was explicit, like using those themes and using that narrative arc um, specifically about black people, um, which is how we get black as king. Um, now I am not, I haven't done the research. Let's just say that. And so I cannot, right. <laughs> um, purport to confirm or deny whether or not black is king. If avoids issues of, you know, kind of pan African painting everyone with the same brush and saying that Africa is one place where everyone is the same. Um, to me, it seems that she is trying to avoid that. I cannot confirm or deny. Well, it's interesting that you bring this up because I, everything I've I've been saying, everything we've both been saying has been really positive about mm-hmm. Beyonce and her work. Um, and I think I definitely have my, especially in this fourth and, and present era, I'm definitely like, okay, there are things that I see that like aren't sitting with me. And I think that's one of them. That's like, like, like to, to take this story of Lion King, which is really Hamlet. Right. Interesting. Um, and then to remake it into something, but then again, cast like such a wide net around blackness diasporically. Mm-hmm. Um, and also just in the medium that she's working in and black is, is King. Like it's hard to be very, very specific because it's mostly imagistic. Yeah. And so you, it's like, are we, are we doing something that's like a, a, a real assemblage of individual identity identities or are we mushing everything together it's unclear right and e- and, I and think- e- because the audience i certainly speaking for myself i don't know enough to tell the difference right <laughs> like if i were not thinking about this or or like if i were not taught to have a sensitivity to it um it would be very easy to be like oh yes black is king is about africa and everyone in it is african and that's what africa is like you know <laughs> like Right. And I mean, this is, I, I don't really fault Beyonce so much. I mean, I think we're all accountable and responsible for our actions and what we put out into the world, especially if you have a big platform. We've talked about all of those things here on the cast. Mm-hmm. But this is an issue, this is a Black issue, as in it's an issue for Black people living in the United States. Where is our land? Yeah. Where, where, are, where can we claim sovereignty, yeah. if not even over our own bodies? Yeah. Like that issue has, it's been debated and people have come up with all sorts of things back to Africa. People have come up with exchange programs. People have come up with entrepreneurial ideas about investing in Africa really writ large. I'm, I'm saying Africa not to be unspecific, but to say that other people are right, being unspecific. to point out the unspecificity. <laughs> right. Um, because it is, it, is, it is the unique position of black people in this country to really be countryless. Mm-hmm. Um, and like to be not that to be lineageless. And, and I think that that's right. really what, or, or to feel ancestorless, you know, I think that right. that is, that seems like it is the thing that she was trying to speak to with this, to say like black people in America it is hard to look back at like American culture and really feel like, you know, to look back at the declaration of independence or, you know, the American revolution, whatever, because 
of the experiences of black people at that time. Let's save a lot of that for our Hamilton episode. Um, (laughs) But not feeling like you have a place to turn to in ways that other people do. Um, Obviously, like, you can turn to your parents and grandparents and their parents, et cetera. But, you know, there are only but so many records of those types of things because that is not the type of thing that people were trying to keep records of for a very long time. Um, And also just like, you know, the same ways that other people can say, oh, well, my family emigrated from this place and like here's a culture that like I can tap into that my family has been participating in for generations and generations, whatever. Like that is not a thing that many black Americans have diasporically. Right. Um, and so I think, I think the critique is valid, but I think it mostly points to where she can be going next. Yeah. As I like think of it as, you know, something we trace through her work as she's a creative individual, like these critiques feel like here's, here's a place that you can, this is where you can address next in your work. Yeah. Um, as you've touched on these things that were like, okay, maybe, Maybe this has to be troubled. Maybe this has to be problematized. Um, I think the other critique that functions like that is like the embrace of black capitalism and materialism as like a certain kind of um, like self-agency or self-freedom that like I don't completely agree with. Like, but it also, it also makes sense. Like that has been, this is reflective of the condition of black people in this country. Like the idea that the best revenge is your paper. Like, Mm -hmm. yes, if black people could economically sustain themselves, if we could be in charge of our own methods of production and distribution, if money stayed in the black community for longer, like those are things that would be, that give black people more autonomy. Um, Right. And I do think that, you know, in in 2015 and 2016, Beyonce and Jay-Z bailed out a lot of protesters in Baltimore. Um, there have been, uh, she was using sales of a single black parade earlier this year to directly benefit black owned businesses during the pandemic. It's not to say that, I, I think that this is something that she is aware of. That being said, like, I also have said on this podcast before, and I'll say it again, that billionaires should not exist. And guess what? That has to include Beyonce and Jay-Z. So, like, you know, it is a complicated balance. And I don't want to say that that I, I think that it is uncomplicated to say that she is in the wrong or that she is the root of the evil or whatever. Um, and I do right. appreciate that it seems that she is trying to address it, but I also agree that I would like to see that to be where she goes in the future. Um, yeah. Kenyon, you've got to, we've got to get this final four down to a final one. We already know what it's going to happen. <laughs> it's going to be. We yeah. Just, what if you just choose of these final four, what the final one is? XO crazy in love. Crazy in love. Irreplaceable, I care. Irreplaceable. And so between crazy in love and irreplaceable. 
crazy. Love. Yeah. Our final fours were actually very different. Mm. Um, my final four includes crazy in love, obviously, but it's crazy in love versus deja vu. And then on the other side, it's formation versus love on top. Whoa. I hear it. I hear it. Yeah. Wow. I feel rejuvenated by this, by being able to spend so much time talking and thinking about Beyonce. Deeply, actually. It is healing for the soul. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, I just love, as a person who's also trying to be out here making things occasionally, Mm -hmm. it's like, it's just cool to have traced. Yeah. I keep saying that word. But like, it's cool to, to go through her, her work and be like, how did that happen? Like, how do you? How did you do that? Like, what was it like? Yeah. I don't know. And getting to think um, about the, like, being able to look at, okay, the change from step one to step two to step three to step four versus, like, step one to step 28, you know? Right, That it right. did gradually take shape. Mm-hmm. And even the jumps that feel like jumps or feel like big defining moments. Like, even now in thinking about, like, how we get from four to self-titled, like we've connected dots that I haven't even like really considered before that make me feel less like, um, like, Oh, this random thing came out of the blue, which like, of course in the moment it did, but like that there is so much that was setting up for that to be the next move. This makes me love. Just, I'm, I love, this makes me love. I do in fact love. (laughs) Good. (laughs) That's good. Wow. Amazing. Um, yes, I have a, a binary for you to respect, Kenyon. Um, I'll do my best. Okay. Um, so you're watching your HBO Max, your Amazon Prime, your Hulu, your Netflix, etc. Are the captions on or off? Oh, my gosh. Now, don't tell me that you are one of well, you have to say, you have to say. I can't even speak it. This is a real You have to say it. Issue. Actually, now I'm, I feel bad about that. Some people need captions in order to enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, you ableist pig. Pigs. You absolute swine. <laughs> God. But seriously, some people do need <laughs> captions. Truly. Um, but I just can't do it with captions. Okay. I like, TVs and movies are visual <laughs> media. Okay, you read with your eyes. I, Text is a visual media. <laughs> right, but I don't want, that's not supposed to be there. You know, if if I put them on, that's all I can see. I, I just end up reading the script. I, <laughs> I feel like a fool because I also am like, I don't want the captions up there because I'm just going to sit and read. And I don't want to read, I want to listen. <laughs> but I always am like, I wasn't paying attention or like I couldn't hear what was just said. And so then I have to like go back 30 seconds, put on the captions, play it again. And then I turn the captions off. And it's like, I wouldn't have to do that if I would just keep the captions on, but I don't. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I have nothing more for you. (laughs) Um, Okay. My binary is actually is topical. Um, Whereas yours was just absolutely unreal. Just frivolous. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, but um, I am Sasha Fierce. Um, 
iconically is a double album. Oh, yes. It's two parts. Part one, part two. I am Sasha Fierce. Those are two parts. So uh, tag yourself. Are you or are you Sasha Fierce? (laughs) Um, Well, just to kind of, just to break it down, I am gives us If I Were a Boy, Halo Disappear, Broken Hearted Girl, Ave Maria Satellites. Um, Famously, I don't love If I Were a Boy or Halo, but I love the B-sides here. Broken Hearted Girl, Ave Maria Satellites. I'm here for that. Um, Smash Into You, I'm here for that. Uh, Then, Sasha Fierce, we have Single Ladies, Radio, Diva, Sweet Dreams, Video Phone, Hello, Ego, Scared of Lonely, Why Don't You Love Me? Um, I mean, I've got to go Sasha Fierce. And you're going to agree. I mean, me too. <laughs> yeah. That was the correct answer. Oh. Hmm. <laughs> wow. Well, Kenyon, I can't wait to uh, see what she does next. Whatever it is, I'm going to be here for it. That's true. <laughs> Doesn't mean I'm going to co-sign at all, but like I am invested in her artistic career. Like, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say she's here to stay. <laughs> I think she's got some real staying power. This Beyonce. Ah, uh, yes, Beyonce. I think you mean Beyonce. Um, but until then, Kenyon. Oh, not until not until the next Beyonce thing. We'll have to wait forever <laughs> for that. Okay. I'll see you next week, okay? Okay. I'm calling you right up. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening, divas. We Love That is brought to you by Kenyon and Jerome. Our music is by Sophia Campomore, and our art is by Griffin Keller. And please drop us a line at welovethatpodcast at gmail.com. Kenyon's cueing me to keep going. Wouldn't you think my collection's complete? Wouldn't you think I'm the girl, the girl who has everything? Mm. Look at this trove. Oh. <laughs> Treasures untold. <laughs> Can one cavern hold? Looking around, do you think? Sure, she's got everything. That's all for now. (laughs) No gadgets and no gizmos galore for you. No, because it's gadgets and gizmos aplenty. It's who's it's and what's it's galore. And if you want thingamabobs, I got 20. But who cares? No big deal. I want more capitalism. (laughs) (laughs) I want to be. Ah, that's it. No, that pulls back in. I want to be where the people are. Reorchestrated. I want to see, want to see him dance it. You should go back and listen to it because Jody Benson is like, we remember the end when she's like, part of but in the beginning she is talking, like the first verse and course she is talking. I want to be where the people are. <laughs> I want to see, want to see him dancing. Oh, the magic of the recording Walking studio. Down that, what do you call it? Oh.
feet. That's literally what she sounds like. <laughs> my aunt had The Little Mermaid on VHS, and we would listen to it all the time. That's what I have to say to that. <laughs> is go off, actually. <laughs> Everything we just did is going in. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think the people want to be where the people are. <laughs> that didn't make any sense. But you know what I was saying. And Tommy <gasps> nodding his head right there. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs>